0: Hey folks, Sam Whitfields here. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for downloading the audio podcast and listening to the show wherever you may be. I really appreciate it. And I would like to let you know that you can also now support the show directly via Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfieldreport You can now support the show using Apple Pay or Android Pay on your mobile device, depending on which type of phone you have. And you can contribute $1, $5, or $10 as the three levels of contribution. I would really appreciate anything that you can give. Every little bit helps the show. And you can find the link to support the show directly in your show notes, depending on which app you're using. I would really appreciate the support if you can. If not, please uh, continue to support the show by giving us a rating on iTunes and sharing with your friends. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed the show. God bless. Live, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live from NGC Studios here in Southern Florida. I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, contact info, as usual, you can follow me on Twitter at seventy underscore NGC. And uh Instagram at SamW underscore NDC. You can follow me on Gab at Sam Whitfield. Uh Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report. We just posted the live stream up there. And the samwitfield.com is my new website. You can also support the show in two ways. Of course you can go to patreon.com forward slash witfield and become a patron. Or you can uh Go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield report and, uh, support the show there using the support button. And if you're listening on the auto podcast, uh, you can, uh, just tap on the link with your, on your, uh, phone and go to the support link directly that way. Um, Hey Chuck, uh, thanks for joining the live stream. Uh, breaking news, John McCain has passed away at age 81. Yes, uh, welcome to the live stream as well, bogue me. Uh, I'm going to, uh, wrench you here in a bit so you can be my, uh, so you can be one of my moderators. Uh, but anyway, let me get to the news store real quick. Uh, breaking news, as I was saying, John McCain is um has passed on He uh, passed away at age 81 this from Fox News 34 minutes ago Mm-mm. Now I'm just reading from the headlines Arizona senator John McCain a war hero who survived 5 years as a prisoner of war in Vietnam served 3 decades in Congress and went on to become the Republican's nominee for president in 2008, died Saturday. He was 81 years old. In his last hours, McCain turned down further treatment. His family announced in a statement. McCain was diagnosed with brain cancer in July 2017. Doctors discovered the tumor during a medical procedure to remove blood clot of his Left eye it, well, yeah, which was probably from all the uh you know, from all the drone strikes and endless wars that he helped us get into. Uh, mm, uh he remained up after the diagnosis flying back to Washington days after surgery with a lar- a large scar visible above his eye to part Again, the Senate's healthcare debate uh I gra- I greatly appreciate the outpouring of support, unfortunately for my sparring partners in Congress. I'll be back soon so stand by. McCain tweeted on July 20th after his diagnosis uh, uh, okay, uh let's see more on his diagnosis. Uh, let's see. He chose to discontinue medical treatment. Uh, okay. McCain was born in 1936 in the Panama Canal Zone, where his father was stationed in the Navy. After graduating from the Naval Academy in 1958, McCain went to Vietnam. In 1967, his A-4 Skyhawk was hit. Hit by a surface to air missile over Hanoi. McCain-, McCain was captured by the North Vietnamese, who tortured and beat him for more than five years. He was in solitary confinement for several of those years. My room was fairly decent sized, I'd say about ten by ten. McCain would later delay- would delay write. The door was solid, there were no windows. The on- only ventilation came from two small holes. At the top and the ceiling, about 6 by 4 inches, the roof was tin and it got hot, hot as hell. His captors offered him earlier release after learning his father was a notable naval, naval officer, but McCain refused to leave before the other prisoners. He was released in 1973. Uh, let's see. McCain got a taste of politics in 1976. Okay, let's see. Ooh, he, uh... He replaced... He replaced Barry Goldwater in 1986. Uh, yeah, that's a... I would say that's a loss. Uh, subbing a taking an I-True, considered when replacing him with a a neocon. Alright, so, um, you know, I could continue reading on this. Um, okay. Um. Okay. According to the New York Times, McCain has made clear to the White House that he doesn't want Trump to attend his funeral and would instead prefer Vice President Mike Pence service. McCain has survived... By his wife Cindy, seven children, and five grandchildren. Yeah, and this uh, and this childish behavior of McCain, of not wanting the President of the United States at his funerals, really turns me off to him. Um, I mean, on the one hand, with McCain, I have two minds on the subject. Subject. I do, res- I do respect him greatly for the fact that he uh, served in our armed forces and was a prisoner of war in Vietnam and gave his limb for this country. Um, that's you know that that should go without saying. That I appreciate that. However, after he got out of the service, he became a pure uh, career politician. And so, given that, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, I can't really say I'm I was a big fan of the guy politically. Uh, but. You know, I, I know I know that some people are, you know, celebrating the fact that he's gone now, and I think that's their right to free speech. Obviously, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm I'm glad that he's gone, but you know, he was 81 and he had he had cancer. I'm not I'm not going to mourn him, but you know, it is what it is. So, that was the breaking news um, for this evening. Now, two other things happened this week. Actually, three things that happened. One is that Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, was uh, convicted of some sort of fraud... And the Democrats on the left are going insane because they think that this pretty much means the end of Trump. And they think that he's... that Cohen's conviction somehow implicates Trump. Uh, this is not the case at all. Cohen was... Convicted on something that had absolutely nothing to do with the election. And absolutely nothing that had to do with Russiagate, either. Now, as I've said before, Russiagate was a complete, um you know. Russiagate is a complete uh, falsehood to begin with. But let's just say, for the purposes of... Of argument that... Russia is a real good thing. Okay. Is a real thing. Okay. Even with all that being said... This had absolutely nothing to do with what Cohen was convicted for. Um... And Mark Levin discusses... This... Uh... At length this week. He discussed this at length this week. Um on Sean Hannity's show, on Fox News. Uh, I want to play two clips from Levin. One is from May, so early in the summer, talking how there's pretty much nothing on, there's there's no legal pre- president to uh, convict a sitting president. In, in fact, how the Department of Justice can't convict President Trump while he's... Sitting in office. And how there's nothing to convict for. Okay that's the clip from May. That I want to play for you right now. The second clip I'll play for you this evening. Is. Levin's comments on the Cohen. uh, Conviction. And how they have absolutely nothing. To do with. The supposed Russiagate scandal. Uh, Okay so. Here's the uh, first clip with Olive uh, and talking about quote unquote legal precedent against the president or therefore for lack of. This is from back in May. Uh, this is from May 3rd of this year on The Sean Hannity Show on Fox News. Uh, cut number one, go.
1: All right, as Moles' witch hunt continues, you might remember the great one, Mark Levin, right here on this show last summer explaining the DOJ policy that says a sitting president cannot be indicted. This is something the media kind of forgets. Take a look.
2: It's been the position of the United States Department of Justice under Republicans and Democrats in a 1973 memorandum and an October memorandum under the Clinton administration that you must not, cannot indict a sitting president. Not that this president would be, that's not my point. As a matter of constitutional interpretation, for 44 years, That's been the position of the Department of Justice. We've had law professors, homeless people, would-be law professors, all over TV and radio talking about obstruction of justice. We've had media types talking about it. We've had members of Congress talking about it. It doesn't matter. The official position of the Justice Department
1: is we don't charge a sitting president with a crime. Now, Mark reiterated that point on this show just a few weeks ago. You may remember
2: A sitting president's amenability to indictment and criminal prosecution, the indictment or criminal prosecution of a sitting president would unconstitutionally undermine the capacity of the executive branch to perform its constitutionally assigned functions. Page after page after page saying a sitting United States president cannot be indicted. Now, my question is this. Did they issue another memo over there at the Justice Department reversing these two memos during the Nixon administration and the Clinton administration? No.
1: He joins us himself with reaction, the host of CRTV's Levin TV, the host of Life, Liberty and Levin, the number one show Sunday nights, 10 Eastern, right here on the Fox News channel. I call him the great one, uh, Mark Levin. I wanted to play that again because, as usual, on legal matters, you're ahead of the curve. You are a constitutional attorney And our lazy, overpaid, liberal activists that call themselves journalists are wrong like 99 percent of the time. So I want to go through this legally tonight and give you the opportunity to explain it to them yet again.
2: All right, Sean, this is not me speaking. This is the Department of Justice speaking. And the position of the Justice Department has not been repealed and has not been amended since uh, the, the last decision on October 16, 2000, the president of the United States, this is getting way too complicated and unnecessarily so. You've got a lot of second tier slip and fall lawyers all over TV spewing things they don't know. They don't understand the Constitution. They haven't studied the cases. I have. First of all, this opinion says, among other things, that grand juries and prosecutors cannot supplant Congress. They cannot supplant Congress. The only way to remove a sitting president is through the impeachment process, not through the indictment process. They cannot disable or hamstring a presidency, which is what they're trying to do as I speak. A prosecutor cannot trigger the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment is the purpose is not to be triggered by a prosecutor, and he can't step in and try and take advantage of it. These are things that were discussed. The president cannot properly defend himself in litigation under the Constitution as an individual American uh, when he has time that he has to spend on official duties. Unlike uh, so many other individuals, a president of the United States, they point out, is so unique in our constitutional system that it is enormously damaging to him because he can't focus on his defense, which is different than civil litigation, and he can't focus during that time on the nation's security and well-being. And the presidency can't function properly with these kinds of burdens. This is what the memo says. He cannot be indicted as a sitting president, period. This is why, despite all the pablum about, well, presidents have received subpoenas before, tell me, name one president who's ever been before a federal grand jury. There's never been a president in front of a federal grand jury. Ken Starr's team subpoenaed Bill Clinton for having, among other things, not sex so much with an intern in the Oval Office, but lying about litigation that was taking place. And uh, he was subpoenaed, and he decided to do a video. So here's my advice to the President of the United States, who didn't seek it, and to his lawyers, focus. You're making this too complicated. The Constitution is on the side of the President. The Department of Justice's own position, which you can brief yourselves, is on the side of the President of the United States. Historical precedent is on the side of the President of the United States. Legal precedent is on the side of the President of the United States. Stop listening to all the babbling, the, you know, pleading the fifth and should he sit down with a subpoena. I would say if I were the President's lawyer to Mr. Mueller, we want you to present us with an explanation of your defiance of the Department of Justice policy, which you are required to follow as a employee of the Department of Justice. Moreover, we want to understand how it is that you believe that you can burden a president like this while he's in office. While I'm at it, Sean, we seem to have a few Republicans in the Senate who are very confused about these things, who have voted to protect Mr. Mueller, rather than protect the office of the presidency, the Constitution. The, uh, and the American people, and they seem to think that they have the power, even though they, we have separation of powers, to tell a president who we can hire and who we can fire. Uh, the part of the problem the president has is he's dealing with ignoramuses, both inside his party and outside his party, and some of whom are dressed up as lawyers. So I would take this all the way to the United States Supreme Court. I would make Mueller. And his band of Democrat prosecutors make their case all the way to the United States Supreme Court uh, if they try to subpoena him uh, in any way to appear before a federal grand jury and make them make their case against their own Department of Justice against Supreme Court precedent and against the Constitution of the United States. And if it takes six months, it takes six months. And if it takes six years, then by God, it takes six years. We're not just talking about the president, which would be enough. We're talking about protecting the office of the presidency, separation of powers. And when you look at those 49 areas of questions, there's not a single criminal statute. There is not a single obstruction. What has been obstructed? They're not investigating Russia. What is it that they're not investigating that they don't want to investigate? No, they want to know his intent on whether he obstructed. They want to they want to treat him like they treated Martha Stewart. Well, guess what? He's the president, Mr. Mueller. This isn't one of your failed anthrax cases or one of your failed Whitey Borger cases. This is the president of the United States. You know what that means? We, the people, have a stake in this. We, the people, get to decide. The framers decided the only way you remove a president is through the body politic, through the House and the Senate. And it's a heavy burden, not by some rogue prosecutor with a bunch of Democrat prosecutors. They don't get to do it. And the people need to rise up and demand. Demand that this go all the way to the Supreme Court to put these rogue prosecutors in their place.
0: Well, the reason why I play this clip, why I play this first clip, is to show that Mark and Mark is absolutely right. There's nothing. There's nothing that Mueller can do. He can't actually. Uh, try and convict Trump of anything while he's in office. He can, uh, you know, go for impeachment hearings, maybe, but even so, someone brought this up to me last night, Clinton wasn't impeached. uh, Or removed, I mean, he was impeached, but he wasn't even removed from office. He was allowed to continue his term as president and and like I've said before in previous programs what exactly is this whole Russia thing about okay the media keeps talking about Russia and uh, you know interference from Russia in the election and Trump's collusion with Russia as if as if it's already a uh, you know unknown fact that happened, and it's not. At this point, it's 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 a it's a theory at best, and not not even that. A theory would assume that they have some sort of, of evidence um, as to collusion. They don't even have that. They just have a theory at this point. They have nothing more than a, than a guess as to what the collusion is about. As I asked last week, okay, the New York Times wants to, uh, the New York Times keeps writing up about, well, Trump colluded with, uh, with Russia, and there's evidence of it, Okay. Well, then, what exactly is the evidence? Uh, uh we, we can't, uh, we don't know what the evidence is, but there's evidence, okay? Show me the evidence. No. Why not? Is it is it is it that hard? I, I'm, I'm... I'm doing an... I'm doing an impression of the collective media, too. Uh... You know, every... And this is the... This is the, um... You know, this is another thing, too. Every time you ask... Ask, like, anyone on the left... What... The evidence for Russian collusion is, is... Well, it just seems so improbable that he... That he won the election, so there must have been interference. So again, this goes back to my whole theory that all this RussiaGate crap is—it's just Hillary—it's just Hillary Clinton trying to mess with the democratic process. Remember, she was terrified. Remember back during the during the election, she was saying that if Trump lost, he would try to uh, you know question the uh, the voting process, and that would make him dangerous. Remember when she said that? It was like a big thing for a while. It was right before the election. Well, guess what? Now she's questioning the voting process, and and because of her her questioning, and because of her team's questioning of that, she's, uh, you know, by her own logic, she's interfering with democracy. Yeah, and I'm reading some of the comments. Collusion doesn't even sound, uh... Collusion doesn't even sound that, that devious. As Jacob, as Jacob said. Br- Brian says, "Show me your penis." Oh, Brian, you want you want Hillary Clinton to show you to show, to show you her uh, to show you her dick. That that's that's disgust. That's disgusting, my good sir. No, no one needs to see that. Um. But, but in all, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting sick and tired of this collusion thing, of this whole thing of Russia was involved in the in the election. I'm, I'm honestly getting, getting sick of it. I don't, I don't even think Republicans were this hell bent with the with the the Obama birther thing. i mean do you guys do you guys remember the uh the obama birth certificate thing when uh there were a few like right wing conspiracy theorists who were uh you know talking how obama was born in July, i mean who who was bo- he was born in not july he was born in kenya um You know, I, uh, that was that was a conspiracy and, I, you know, at first I, I don't believe that Obama was born in a foreign country. I do believe that he was born in the US. I have questions about Obama's ties to radical Islam, but as far as the birth thing, I think that was crazy. But even most conspiracy theorists, after like a year and a half, let that thing go. It wasn't a big thing, and yet we're into Trump's We're close to 500 days and yet Trump is still being inspected under magnifying glass by all these creeps in the media saying, oh, there's collusion with Russia with no evidence whatsoever. So, uh, let's see. Um, so, we know the Russia thing is fake, but what did they end up finding out in this whole collusion thing? Well, we found out that Michael Cohen's, uh, lawyer, I mean, that Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, lied to the FBI about stuff not related to... The Trump Russia scandal, quote unquote, and we also know that know now that he was uh, in trouble for his uh, taxes too. Uh, J- Jacob, uh, Jacob, it says July, Kenya, time, place, same thing so yeah folks if if I seem a little off tonight, it's because I am i I am a little off tonight and i i don't I don't know exactly why why part of it is uh we've had really bad red tide here uh in Florida in fact it's made national news about how bad the red tide is um and my allergies. They were uh, they were kind of driving me crazy today. So if I seem a little out it, it's it's allergies. But uh, even so, bear with me. I'm I'm glad I've got four live listeners, and I'm sure. You know, people will enjoy listening to the audio version of this too. Um. Mm-mm. So so as I was saying, what did we find out in this Trump, uh, in this Mueller investigation? We found out that Michael Cohen was corrupt, but that's not really a surprise, is it? So here's Levin talking about. Um, so here's so here's Levin talking about. um, Damn it, Brian! Well, well, my pants my pants are on, but they but they won't be off. But they won't be uh, on for long after the show. Um so Oh yeah, but bug me, I am on Stitcher um as well. Anyway, uh Trump's lawyer Cohen is has been convicted for crap that doesn't even relate to uh the Russia investigation. So, uh, you know, that's nice to know that after 500 days we found out that Trump's lawyer was corrupt, which, let's be honest, most lawyers are corrupt. And if you have a lawyer named Michael Cohen, I mean, doesn't they. Doesn't it sound. Doesn't the name Michael Cohen. It sounds like a mob lawyer, just inherently. So, um, but let's let's see what the what the uh, what the Mueller investigation has brought up with Cohen. So here's been talking about that earlier this week from August twenty first. Clip number two, go. Oh I oh, I thought I had the, the file loaded. Um let's see. Uh I'm just reading the comments right now while I'm while I'm reading the while I'm uh, finding the clip. Uh let's see. Is the, is the BP thing causing this red tide? Uh no, well Jacob, I I don't I don't know what it is. It's it's some bacteria. Uh, regarding that, yeah. Any of you folks hear about Molly Tibbetts? Yes, I'll be getting to, Mo- to Molly Tibbetts after this. Uh, after a few more clips tonight. Uh, I don't have the I don't have the um American Watchman Roundtable podcast tonight. So I'm going to do a little bit of an extended show tonight. So, yeah, we'll get to Molly Tibbetts here later in the program. Um, I haven't had a good long program for a while, so we'll be doing one tonight. Anyway, though, uh, here is Marklevin talking about uh, Michael Cohen's conviction and how it has absolutely nothing to do with uh, the Trump-Russiagate scandal. Cut number one. <laughs> Go.
1: Here with reactions to all of today's breaking news. He's the host of the number one show, Sunday nights, 10 Eastern, Life, Liberty, Levin. Right here on the Fox News channel, host of CRTV's Levin TV. We call him the great one for a reason, Mark Levin. All right, Mark, I mean, there are some lessons here. I, I agree that you shouldn't lie to the FBI. Everyone agrees with that. I also agree that you should pay your taxes. I also agree that you better not lie in a bank loan application. Mark, um, how did we get from Russia and that uh, this is it, after nearly, yeah. we're almost at 500 days.
2: All right, I want to address Michael Cohen. How did we get to that? I want to help the law professors, the constitutional experts, the criminal defense lawyers, the former prosecutors, and, of course, the professors. I want to help them understand what the law is. The general counsel for the Clinton mob family, Lanny Davis, he had his client plead to two Counts of criminality that don't exist. These campaign finance violations that all over TV, they're saying, implicates the president of the United States directly. First, let's back up. It is a guilty plea. It is a plea bargain between a prosecutor and a criminal. A criminal who doesn't want to spend the rest of his life in prison. That is not precedent. That applies only to that specific case. Nobody cites plea bargains for precedent. That's number one. Number two, just because a prosecutor says that somebody violated a campaign law doesn't make it so. He's not the judge. He's not the jury. We didn't adjudicate anything. It never went to court. That's number two. A campaign expenditure under our federal uh, campaign laws is an expenditure solely for campaign activity. A candidate who spends his own money or even corporate money for an event that occurred not as a result of the campaign it is not a campaign expenditure. Let me give a few examples to help people understand this, especially the American people. Let's say, I wrote these down, let's say a candidate had said we owe vendors a whole lot of money, we've had disputes with them but I want you to go ahead and pay them, I'm a candidate, I don't want all this negative publicity so he says to his private lawyer, you pay them, I'll reimburse you, get it done. Is that illegal? It's perfectly legal. Yet, according to the prosecution of the Southern District of New York, it's paid at the direction of the candidate to influence an election. Yes, Mr. Prosecutor, how stupid is your point? It's not a crime. More. Let's say yeah, this
0: candidate settles a lawsuit that was a. In- so, in other words, this has, this had absolutely nothing to do with the election, what Cohen got. Convicted for. Okay. Let's just. Let's just break that down right there. women pretty much just said. That what Cohen. Got convicted for. Had absolutely nothing. To do with election. And had absolutely nothing to do with. Campaign finance. Since Trump paid for. Most of. Cohen's services with his own private money. It's almost like the media has forgotten that Trump was, you know, a multi-billionaire before becoming president. Then again, I know I'm an older millennial, and, uh, you know, I actually rem- remember when Trump was a cool badass. I also remember when everyone liked Trump, it seemed like. And even when Al Sharpton was... Liking Trump. Re- remember that? I'll pull all photos of that, of that later in, in Google search. Um. Okay, word around the campfire. Trump's getting ready to pardon Manafort. <gasps> the shame. The shame. No, well, I mean, it, it's just a... It's just a rumor at this point, I mean, they had, I mean, Apple had rumors a few years ago that they would have a phone that would just connect directly to my brain, and yet, they haven't invented that yet, so, you know, it's all rumor mills at this point. But anyway, as Levin was saying, Cohen's conviction had absolutely nothing to do with the election. Uh, so let's find out what Cohen was actually up to. Continuing on.
2: ...before he becomes a, uh, a candidate. And he says to his, his personal lawyer, I want you to pay. Settle that lawsuit. You can use my corporate funds, my private funds, whatever it is. That is perfectly legal, too. The prosecutor would say, but that influenced the election. So what? There are certain things you do that influence an election that are legal, certain things you do that influence an election that are illegal. Let's say a candidate uh, gets a non disclosure agreement from a disgruntled employee, wants to quiet that disgruntled employee as he goes into the election. He pays the funds out of his pocket or through his corporation. Perfectly legal. Nothing here was spent out of the campaign, nothing was done with the campaign or to the campaign this is exactly what the federal law is and Mr. Lanny Davis had his client plead guilty to two offenses that aren't offenses that the prosecutor insisted were offenses that's why he's no good that is Michael Cohen against Donald Trump Donald Trump's in the clear let's say Donald Trump even directed Michael Cohen to make payments in nondisclosure agreements so what He's allowed to do that. Now, here's my question. Has the Southern District of New York ever paid money in a nondisclosure agreement with any of its employees? How about any U.S. Attorney's Office in the United States? How about the Department of Justice? How about any business? Right, How about Congress. any union? How about the DNC? How about members of Congress? It's done all the time. But call it hush money. And all of us, hush money? Oh, they can't pay hush money. Well, it is hush money. It's legal. It's a contract. It's done all the time. Now, what does Mr. Mueller have left? It's worth. He's chasing the Manhattan Madam. Who the hell's the Manhattan Madam? I don't know. You yeah, know, he's interviewing. He's dragging her in front of the grand jury. What's next? The Manhattan Madam. He's got uh, he's got Manafort where he wants him on on banking charges. Uh, he set up a few guys like Flynn, who's gotten in trouble. Now they have Cohen. What do they have? They have nothing. I'll tell you what they have. Mr. Mueller, as a federal prosecutor, is preparing his impeachment report, which is an unconstitutional activity. Mr. Mueller is supposed to be nonpolitical. He's not supposed to be preparing impeachment reports. Mr. Mueller, I told you before, you can not indict a sitting president I told you that 15 months ago now you figured it out you and Rosenstein figured it out now you and Rosenstein are trying to figure out what to do with the subpoena you see Sean Giuliani was on your show the other day or somebody's show he said why do they take two or three weeks I'll tell you why they take two or three weeks because Mr. Mueller has to consult Mr. Rosenstein his boss to figure out what to do with this subpoena I'll tell you what happens when they issue that subpoena The president of the United States takes it all the way to the Supreme Court. And what does he cite? Department of Justice memos. What else does he cite? The Constitution of the United States. So this is going to be an impeachment battle in the end. The president of the United States, if he doesn't get involved in the uh, perjury trap. Think about that. They don't have a crime. He needs this interview to create a crime against the president of the United States. This prosecutor. Well, that's pretty damn outrageous. So in any event, I want the news media to understand, you know what took place in the Southern District of New York? Nothing that matters. Zip up, Mark. There was no violation of federal campaign laws. Lanny Davis blew it. Lanny Davis, Davis, he puts out a tweet today. Today, Cohen stood up and testified under oath that Donald Trump directed him to commit a crime. You're a dummy, Lanny. By making payments to two women for the principal purpose of influencing an election. If those payments were a crime for Michael Cohen, then why would they be a crime for Donald Trump? They weren't a crime for Michael Cohen. He screwed himself. And they're not a crime for Donald Trump either. Now move along and go back into your
0: corner with Hillary Clinton. So what we found, what we have found now after two years almost is that. You know, Cohen might have screwed himself, Manafort might have screwed himself. But basically uh But basically the prosecution team Uh oh Moore. See see this is how bad everything is getting. I'm even forgetting Moore's Name or Mueller, however the hell you you pronounce his name now. Um, uh, we've spent Mueller has spent two years going after Trump, and he has nothing to show for it. And and by the way, isn't all this stuff being like funded by the taxpayers indirectly since it is the because uh, you know, at this point, Mueller's wasting public money. So, at some point, Trump's gotta gotta say, "All right, you're out. Bye. See you later. See you later, asshole." I mean, the left has been flip- flipping out and saying, if if Trump fires Mueller, that that's you know automatically like a a sign of his goals or whatever. No, it's it's not. I mean, Levin has just proven that basically everything that Mueller has found is false. I, here's the thing. By the time Mueller finds anything, Trump will have already finished, yes, finished, not his first term, but his second term. I bet, it, I bet it will take, I bet it will take 2024, um, for, uh, Mueller to actually find anything on Trump. I'm using the big belt bad L word, L word again. What? What lit- Litigation? Yeah, it, it. Well, I mean, logic is logic is a, bad, is a bad word too. But yeah, so is so is litig- litigation, and in Trump's case, there is absolutely no litigation going on. So yeah, this. Anyway, uh, let's let's finish this clip. Uh, I do want to go on to Molly Tibbets later because I do have some opinions about that. Uh, especially, especially since that, that is a kind of a controversial topic now, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I want to finish up, uh, this clip from Levin, so, uh, cut number three, go.
1: Well, obviously, he's a huge Clinton sycophant. Um, so this 2016 campaign, we're, what, 77 days out, is now becoming, as I have said for a long time, it's about impeachment, keeping Obamacare, them wanting their crumbs back, eliminating ICE, open borders, and stopping the investigation into what I say is the biggest abuse of power. Here's what I want to ask you. So we now have Hillary Rodham Clinton obstructing. Violating the Espionage Act, no indictment. We now have her paying for what turns out to be a, a foreign entity, a foreign agent, putting together Russian lies that are disseminated to the American people to influence an election. Lies, never verified, never corroborated, then put as the bulk of information in four Pfizer warrants Comey, Sally Yates, Rod Rosenstein. They all signed off, and they all said, they swore, they put their their good name and credibility behind it. I don't see Comey indicted. I don't see any any Hillary Clinton indictments. I don't see any crimes that are being pursued here. Barack Obama had, what, $2 million in campaign finance violations. He just paid a fine. can Can I interrupt for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Interrupt on my own show.
2: The head of the FBI is not the head of the FBI anymore. He's a confessed leaker, and he's under investigation by the Inspector General. The Deputy FBI Director uh, was fired and is under criminal investigation. Mr. Stroke, who was the head counterintelligence investigator, was fired, and he's under investigation, I believe, or will be, or should be, under investigation as well. That's the top tier of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I've never heard of anything like this before. You have a mole in the Deputy Attorney General's office who's working with Stroke, who's been fired. His wife works for uh the Fusion GPS, that pushing out the yeah. opposition research against the President of the United States, getting it in front of the FISA court through the FBI, Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr, who served for the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. And there's there's tons more. You have FISA court judges that have never been held to account. fraud You had an application that was filed with the FISA court. They didn't say who paid for the opposition research that was used. To, to violate their rules. i got to run, Mark. Yeah, up.
1: we need a special counsel now for that. You know, some great, smart constitutional lawyer once wrote a book, and in the book he said, this is a post-constitutional America. Oh, that was you. We're there.
0: Yep, we sure are. I agree with uh, Sean's sentence fo- Foy. We're also... It's strange... I I said this a few weeks ago, but do you remember how, uh, you know, the Democrats and Obama were laughing at Mitt Romney back in 2012 for saying that Russia was a threat? Oh, uh, Mr. Romney, uh, the 1980s called, and, uh, they want their foreign policy back. Uh, Reagan's not president anymore, but I'm the coolest president there was. Uh, my name is Barack Obama, and I approve this message. Um, Obama's actually one of the few presidents I can do an impression of. It's not that hard. Um, anyway. <sighs> Isn't it funny how the Democrats were making fun of Romney for saying that Russia was, um, you know, a threat? And granted, I mean... Romney was a milk toast candidate, and you know, Putin. Say what you will at him; he's a strange dude, but he's not the Elliot Carver James Bond villain that the left makes him out to be. But now in twenty, uh, you know, eighteen, oh, the Democrats are you know everything is Russia's fault, so. Uh, let's see. is that an imaginary mic in your hand, hand, hand? Sam, or something more fun? What? What, thi- what, this Ludwig? This? This is, this is my, uh, this is my, this is my, like, oh, you mean, you mean this? Well, I mean, I, I was doing an impre- I was doing an impression of, of, of Obama, so, uh, Say, uh, this this was my impression of Obama, so, you know, depending on how you visualize Obama, just, uh, you know, take what you will, um, from from what was in my hand. I mean, I would like to think it was a mic, but knowing you guys, it was something else. So, um, yeah, and Jeff, you are gonna want a lot of whiskey, especially after what I'm about ready to to read you. All right, the Molly Tibbetts thing. Let's get on to that, shall we? First off, I've heard numerous uh, inaccuracies about this. Uh, first off, I heard I heard earlier this week that she was 24. And uh, that doesn't appear to be the case. She was 20. Um, So, (laughs) I'm just going to uh, go ahead and read this uh, article from Business Insider. And uh, yeah, I'm not so sure I'm going to read the comments it's uh, actually especially the last one Brian read uh, out loud on on the pot, on the podcast. I, I think if I read that aloud that might get my podcast banned from iTunes or something like that. and I certainly don't don't need that. but uh, I will say this, I envision Obama sitting in in a jail cell next to Hillary. For uh, corruption with Benghazi and whatnot. That's my response, Brian. Uh, let's see. <sighs> okay. Anyway, getting back to uh, Molly Tibbets. From Business Insider. Da-da-da-da. No, I do not want to install System audio. Uh, okay, so I have an article from, uh, Business Insider. Okay. Headline, something was off about him. Other women say Molly Tibbetts' suspect, suspected murder, messaged them repeatedly on social media over the years. The man charged with first degree murder and the death of twenty-year-old Molly Tibbetts reportedly made repeated unsolicited advances on social media towards local young women. One woman told the New York Times that she once rejected uh Christian Behina Riviera's advances, but he repeatedly messaged her over social media. She said she discussed Behina. There with female friends, and they said he messaged him too. Uh, something was off about him, said a 20 year old Iowa woman who turned him down for a debate. For a day. Um, the man charged with first degree murder and the death of a 20 year old Molly, Molly Tibbetts made repeated unsolicited advances on social media towards local young women, according to a New York Times report, which we will not be reading because it's the New York Times. Although, uh, to be fair, Business Insider isn't that much better. Brooke Bestall, a, t- a local 20-year-old woman, told the Times she once turned him down when he asked her out on a date he repeatedly messaged her late on Facebook late at night. Though they didn't speak in person. He would just stare. He wouldn't really talk, but still still said something was off about him. So, wait a minute. This is... This is... Am I the one who's confused here? So, wait, wait, wait. So, if if I'm, so, the guy was repeating, was repeatedly me- messaging her on Facebook, and then she said he would just stare, he wouldn't really talk, so, were they video conferencing or, like, you know. Just messaging each other? I'm, I'm confused. Uh, later, Al- Alana, thanks for tuning in. Am, am I the one who's confused by that? Maybe, maybe the article has something further on that. Okay. Uh, Bestow said he would just message her over and over, like, every week or so. She said the most recent message came uh, June 13th at 3 a.m. Uh, After Bahena Riviera was arrested, two of Bastille's friends told her that he had also messaged them and that Bastille said she wondered how many other girls he was trying to talk to. Uh, Behina Riviera is jailed on $5 million cash bond after prosecutors alleged he abducted Tibbetts while she was out for an evening run in Brooklyn. On July 13th, killed her and disposed of her body in a cornfield. Promenade autopsy results from the state medical examiner's office found Tibbetts died from multiple sharp force injuries. Uh, Law law enforcement officials and Behina Rivera's employer told The Times the suspect seemed like a hard-working, and law-abiding presence in the community, who was often seen in the local park and grocery store. Authorities said Pahina Riviera and, and uh, Tibbetts have no known connection beyond the he allegedly told investigators that he had seen her running previously. Okay, then uh then if they if they have no connection if if they if they had no connection here here folks And believe me I'm not blaming Tibbets for anything you know it's horrible that she was murdered. But so that they, they didn't know each other and yet the way Facebook works is you have to be you have to be friends with someone for them to message you right? I mean I, I know that there's that spam folder there's like that hidden spam folder where like you know spammy people can me- can message you but like for someone to pop them in your, in your main messenger. I'm pretty sure um, that you have to be friends with someone, right? So why would all these women friend this guy that they don't even know? I mean, tangentially. I mean, did one of them know him and this guy was popping up on... Everyone's, you know, suggested friends list. Eh. Anyway, that element doesn't it doesn't really matter. I I'm just yeah. I'm I'm just wondering. Yeah, Jeff. You just uh. You just you just hit it right on the head, Jeff. She was a pretty young lady. He was a fucking rapist. There's your connection. Yep. Okay, getting back to the story, though. The case has rocked the small town and dominated political discussion after President Donald Trump jumped on the news that Riviera was allegedly in the country illegally and called for stricter immigration laws, calling current laws a disgrace. The Tippett family has hit back at the illegal immigration discussion surrounding the case. Oh boy. The heavy coverage of the Tippett case has sparked online discussion over a recorded 48 minimum, minimum 48 Iowa juveniles who went missing in July. Though the nerve-wracking statistic circulated online, officials told U.S., a today was within expected rates. okay. So uh yeah So Yeah, that's the uh, that's the article, ladies and gentlemen. Now like I <laughs> <laughs> No, like I got no. Like I said, it it doesn't really make, it doesn't really make sense to me how they were connected on Facebook. Like if they were, if they didn't know each other, that well, I mean they they had to have known each other, to be connected on Facebook. You know, or, or, uh you know, or or maybe or maybe or maybe Molly is like a lot a lot of these girls who just like. You know, and not just girls, but millennials in general who just you know friend people on Facebook who are in the suggested area. I don't know. And and again, I'm not I'm not blaming her. Obviously, don't take my uh, comments out of context. What happened to her is obviously horrible. But I mean, the social media thing does weird me out a bit. That's a. That's all I'm gonna say. Um. As far as the uh, illegal immigration debate, one of the things I that a lot of conservatives have her have said that I don't agree with. Not 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 all conservatives, but a lot on social media have been saying, "Oh, well, Molly Tippetts was a Trump hating liberal." In fact, this was one thing that I I that Milo posted today, which I, um, I usually agree with Milo on a lot, but, but he said, uh, I hope, uh, he said something on Twitter, and I think it was on Facebook, I mean. I think it was jokingly, but even so, it was pretty, uh, disingenuous. He said, I hope, uh, Molly Tibbetts burns in hell, because she was a flaming la- f- leftist. Now, I get that Milo is a uh, provocateur and whatnot, but, uh, you know, dude, that's just not cool. I mean, so look, I get it. She was a liberal. You know, lots have come up, lots of things have come up on her Twitter that she hated Trump, and yeah, I get the irony that she was, you know, I get the irony that she was, you know, saying that illegal immigrants are good, and I get get the irony that she was killed by someone, but still, it is horrible, and uh, I think the guy should should get the uh, death penalty. So, you know, people on my opinion on this, you know, here's what I'm willing to say. I don't think the fact that she, that she was a liberal, you know, really changes anything. It's unfortunate, but it doesn't change anything for me. Um... Yeah, bro, yeah, Brian, you're absolutely right. I, what I'm hoping is that liberals will, uh, you know, change their view on, view on this. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay, Bogme has, has a good point. Here's the thing about Milo. At least, he became famous before he was a provocateur, from so giving good interviews with backing up clients. The wild and crazy stuff was secondary. Yeah, uh, Bogme, I agree with you. Speaking of, folks, um, I know that a lot of you don't know who Bogme is, so in case any of you are curious, Bogme is a podcaster who, uh, I connected with on Gab. And, uh, and no, he's not outright. He's a, uh, he's a constitutional conservative like I am. Um, he's one of the few not-alt-right people on Gab, surrounded in a sea of alt-right people, and just like I am. He hosts a really good show on Thursday nights called The Neighborhood Podcast, which, uh, streams on YouTube and Gab. So, uh, I recommend that you check that out, and it's also on Apple Podcasts, if you search The Neighborhood podcast and uh we're we're going to do a collaboration podcast at some point i'm going to have him on my show uh we have not set a date yet but we're going to do that so you know he's been here for the show and i really appreciate him being here and i just wanted to give him a quick shout out so anyway uh that i guess that was our quick uh I I guess that was a quick break. Well, well, yeah, bug me. I mean, here's the thing. Alt right. When I first heard the term alt right, like I thought it was just like an anti-establishment term. Um, I thought it was a term just meaning like anti-establishment, you know, conservative, kind of like alternative right. Um, and then Richard Spencer had to go and hijack the thing. And turn it into a white, a white nationalist. Uh, mantra, and then the left's got 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 a hold of it and um you know, I don't I don't di- I don't dig uh Richard Spencer. Well I mean yeah, I mean I I've I mean I've shat on Richard Spencer plenty of times on this channel. I, I don't need to go on another <laughs> But uh, I, 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 I will say I will say this. I hope uh I hope my I hope one of Milo's boyfriends corners Richard Spencer in a dark out al- alas at some point. So uh, Read into that what you will. Um Oh, uh, let's see. The focus needs to be on this guy breaking immigration laws, but the conservative media will get, will get it wrong, of course. Uh let's see. So we're calling Kimmy, Kimmy now, okay? Now, yeah, now I'm just reading through the comments. Uh so I'll tell you, politics is getting weird. I mean, it's been weird, but it's getting weirder oh so i i so uh let's go on to uh, our next story now but we're kind of you know bsing uh over the past three weeks now i've been talking about alex jones being banned from social media and uh i'm not going to repeat my whole spiel on that Exactly. If if you guys uh, want, you can tune into my other two shows that I've done about that. Those are on Apple Podcasts and um, you know YouTube and everywhere else. Um, but I will say this, Bill Maher. Uh, I I. I will admit, I have to applaud Bill Maher because last week, last Friday, or no, it was this previous Friday, on his show, he stood up for Alex Jones and said that free speech applies for everyone. There was a big panel on his show, and he actually got into a debate with a lot of these SJW liberals who were saying, thank God that uh, Alex got banned from social media. And, you know, like I said, I think Bill Maher is a moron on most stuff, but, um. But, you know, when it comes to free speech, at least he's consistent. So. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, let's see. So here's Bill Maher on the, uh, on the banishment of Alex Jones from, uh, social media. Cut number, uh, clip number four. No, clip number three. Go.
3: I
1: will never live that
3: day. Okay. Yes. I, no. That's I, will, I will never. You that's your that America right is not You're that great. Right I, I am now officially excommunicated. All right.
1: So I to into my free speech for a minute because Alex Jones, uh, okay. who is not my friend and who tells crazy lies about me, uh, is uh, thrown off Twitter, I think, and Facebook and a few of the platforms. I think he's going to... Uh, Thank God. Uh, well... If you're a liberal, you're supposed to be for free speech. That's free speech for the speech you hate. That's what free speech means. We're losing the thread of the concepts that are important to this country. If you care about the real American shit or you don't. And if you do, it goes for every side. I don't like Alex Jones, but Alex Jones gets to speak. Everybody gets to speak,
2: sure. But he doesn't necessarily get to speak on Facebook or Twitter. No, well, I get if that. A, if a guy goes out and this is not opinion, if he if he engages in vile slander and fabrication about the ch- about children who were murdered at Sandy Hook, and he harasses the parents of children who were murdered at Sandy Hook, that's not. You know what? Facebook, Twitter, none of them have an obligation no, no. to provide him a platform. They were, sorry, because they're that. private. Right. They're a private. I understand that. Yeah. You know?
0: But the. Yes. And even more importantly, you know, this is not the internet of 1996, where he put up a website, and you know, he's using like the public pipes. Like these companies, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, these are the majority of time Americans spent on the internet, right? We're talking these, for the internet, this is ABC, CBS, NBC, right? And they're making money off of him. They're running ads against him. So, right. it's, so, you know, I, I agree with you about free speech, and that's of concern to me as well. I also don't think those companies should be profiting off of what he's saying. And so no, I and that
3: I, we
1: all we Big all Big agree Big. on that uh, that that private enterprise does not have any obligation. Right. If You make a T-shirt that says your mother sucks cocks in hell. Right. They don't have to sell it at Baby Gap. You know we get that. Okay. <laughs> but but that's but I'm yeah, just
0: saying. The- okay. The the here's the here's the problem though, is Facebook and Twitter and all these social media websites pretty much own a monopoly on communication, right? They're pretty much all monopolies in terms of social media communication. And so when they're collectively all banning Alex Jones and, uh, you know, taking off, they're they're pretty much cutting off his ability to share his media with people on a large scale and grow his business and grow his base. Um, So, you know, Bill Bill Maher's arguments... You know, comparing, comparing that you know to comparing, you know, forcing Alex Jones to stay on Twitter to you know selling pornographic t-shirts at Baby Gap. That comparison, while while funny, is not going to fly because uh, you know you really can't compare the two. Gap does not have a does not have have a uh, monopoly on where clothes designers on where uh, clothing designers can. uh you know, sell their stuff. Uh, Facebook and Twitter and all these social media websites—they do have a have a non- monopoly on this shit. So, you know, that argument is stupid. But I I do agree with Bill Bill Maher's initial you know thing that free speech should be front one. And uh, you know. So you know, good on Belmar for saying that, but you know, the the Adam ruins everything guy. He he is he is annoying. So yeah, the uh, the the sports coats are bad too, really bad. I uh, I actually I actually have uh, Adam Conover's. I have that blazer in blue, and it looks. It looks a lot better. So, uh, so uh, anyway, oh, also, someone in the comments mentioned uh, Owen Benjamin here, a a little while ago, right? Eric, Eric, was that you who mentioned Owen on this on the stream earlier? Because, uh, it's time for a little. I haven't talked to Owen Benjamin in a while. As some of you may know, I was a fan of his, uh, earlier this year, and then I, uh, and then I wasn't once some of his lackeys, uh, well, went after me for, uh, defending, uh, John Neary, who is another YouTuber who, uh, Owen's little opening act slandered and called racist. Well, long story short, uh, Owen Benjamin, in my opinion at least, has gone from being an actual conservative to basically just a, uh, you know, a petty celebrity who's jealous that he's losing his grip on show business. So, uh... Oh, it was you, Jeff. And, uh, someone sent me this clip today. And, uh, Owen Benjamin was talking, uh, crap about Joe Rogan uh, and Burt, uh, on on his, uh, podcast last night. And they, they were all... They were all talking at how, um... You know, Owen has turned into an alt-right comedian. And, uh... Owen made this really... He made this really distasteful, um... Response. Basically slamming his... His former friends, really, it seemed like. Um... To me. And, uh... He called, he called them all losers and uh, a whole lot more so I, I do want to play a few excerpts of this video that Owen put up I know um, I, I I know that a lot of you don't want to uh, uh, watch this but what let, let's let's uh, <laughs> let's just go let's just go through this let, let, let me respond to Owen. So, okay, oh, and if, if you're watching this, this is, uh, this is for you. I know that you're upset that, uh, Carol, I mean that Joe Rogan will have you back on the show. I know you're upset about that. But, uh, you know, I don't think you're handling things too well, dude. I, I, I really don't. Uh, anyway... Here's uh clip number five. I won't say go, because uh, because uh, you know Jeff Jeff is kind of holding me out. I I do realize that I'm saying that as myself, by the way, Jeff. It's it's more for the audio podcast listeners that I, that I say that. So uh, anyway, here is Owen's overreaction to. People, not even really criticizing him, but making jokes about him. And, uh, I thought Owen was supposed to be all for making, uh, jokes. So, uh, anyway, clip number... Four. Go. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's Perfect. right. Number one racist comic in America. <laughs>
0: Move over, Owen Benjamin. <laughs> oh, well, you can't work in Hollywood. No one's even going to talk to you. But, but. You couldn't say, like, look what right i even just like. I don't, I don't disagree. I just, I don't, right. I hadn't thought it through. And, but imagine that. Like, imagine if you are a Conservative. If you're a pro you Trump comedian, right. there are people out there who but will buy your Trump. stuff. You could be, you could have voted for somebody and also not be you really you give can, a fuck about him,
3: right? But why are there no? Is this somebody? Why are there no, no right wing Basim political Yousef, Isn't
0: it? That's Nick there's Nick another DiPaolo. guy who's oh Nick, Nick DePaulo.
3: He's gotten super right wing though, and I think that
0: it's 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 hurt him, right? right. And then there's also uh, he kind of went off. Okay, wrong, Whitney. Nick DiPaolo is kicking ass right right now. And by the way, I have a, I have a feeling that Owen is going to turn on him soon, because uh as Owen is losing patrons, Nick's Apollo seems to be uh gaining patrons for his premium. Yeah, I ought to say I ought to say roll. And and by the way, uh I know that Owen has said that Whitney is looks like a melted candle, but I don't know. I mean I know that she's liberal. But uh, I don't know. She's she's kind of hot in my book. So, but uh, anyway, continuing on. Over the deep end, but Owen Benjamin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Owen's too far out there. Owen's out doing. Owen's just looking. Owen's kind of like. Well, I think he, he can... seems like Roseanne's son a little bit, but oh, out in the woods.
3: Nope. If I'm Roseanne's son. He's the son of, like, hmm, I can't even just, like, if you go into a swamp and you see, like, something move, but you don't know what animal it is, like that. Like, you ever go into a swamp and you see, like, a rustle, like a movement, but you don't know what animal it was? You're like, what the hell was that? Theo's the son of
0: that. But isn't he, like, uh okay, so Owen couldn't even come up with a good... Analogy for that. Now, bug, now bug me. I'm gonna eat it. in on a little story, and for, th- and for the Paladisiers who are with me, uh, you know, you've you've, well, you've all been there for this, so. Uh, you know, feel free to, f- to uh, fill in any gaps for me, but uh, so Owen Benjamin used to be relatively conservative when I first. Uh, encountered his stream. Um, and he seemed to be talking about all of the... Uh, you know, conservative stuff like constitutional values and, and whatnot. But then he uh, went off on... some really weird thing about how... the entirety of Hollywood is out to get me because... Uh, you know, I got... I got kicked out of Hollywood for, uh, you know, talking how trans kids are bad. And, you know, Hollywood's been trying to get at me ever since. So, um, he went off on that whole spiel. Then his opening act, who I'm not even going to mention because his opening act for a stand-up comedy isn't even worth mentioning. But the opening act for Owen's comedy went after uh, a friend of mine, a friend of ours in the danger zone, and uh, called this guy a racist. Called um, called my friend a racist. And uh, this was Owen's opening act. And uh, this wasn't true. So, we tried telling Owen that his opening act was... You know, slandering us And doing crazy things But then Owen decided to uh, Rather than investigate The evidence that we were presenting us That we were presenting him He chose to call us all crazy And uh, Then he was making fun of a disabled comedian Who Um Then he was making fun of a disabled comedian who just made a joke about Owen's stand up career not taking anyone else and taking off. And uh Owen made some really low belt brow. They weren't really any any they weren't really even jokes. <laughs> but um you know, they they were basically low blows, so then I so then I tried, you know, confronting Owen about about that and his kind of his uh cult fans who are who are, you know, cult like, they came after me. And now he's just kind of now he's go even going after Joe Rogan, who if you want my opinion, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan's not conservative, but he's more conservative than most other comedians in Hollywood. So, oh, well, 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 Brian, you, you you said, you said, uh, you said, uh, you said the opening act's name in the chat. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I see all the comments, but, uh, we're not, we're not supposed to announce that yet, are we? We'll, we'll get to that in a few weeks. All right, Um. anyway. We're going back, we're going back so.
3: Men's rights activist or a white power activist? or something. I'm probably spreading rumors, but- No, it's gotten a
0: little bit bizarre.
3: He's also like trashing comics, like, get out of here. Yeah. He trashes comics. Like get out of here, she says, attacking Owen. I know, right? The irony is not lost on me. Guys, don't 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 sweat that. It's called postmodernism. They have no, they believe in nothing except power acquisition. So when you say this comic is such a white power guy, he trashes comics. Uh, at that point, you realize these people stand for nothing. Uh, we stand
0: for nothing, Lebowski. Yeah, it's just gotten. I think. Okay, well, if you were upset for, if you, Owen, oh, if you were upset with, uh, Whitney for, for trashing you, then why did you spend three hours on Twitter last night under a fake account, but we all know it's you, trashing Owen and, I mean, trashing Whitney and Joe Rogan and, uh, Burt Kreischer. I mean, you know, do as, are you the guy who who is like, do as I say, not as I do? That's what you're becoming like, dude. Hate to say it. It's gotten a little bit, some desperation that happens when you aren't here.
3: It's interesting when someone says someone's desperate. Who literally fucked a one-legged stranger on Craigslist, and he didn't know she had one leg until the lights were on the next day. Good times. All right, let's read some super chats. A one-legged stranger. Listen, I've had some sex in my life with some people that I didn't love,
0: but uh, no, I, I always knew that too. Ah. Uh, Ah, me! you brought up a good point. Counterpunching. That is Owen's favorite excuse. I'm counterpunching. Okay, counterpunching is when you, when you try and use logical arguments against someone, and you know, I realize things have changed, but I ascribe, I ascribe to the Andrew Breitbart book of counterpunching, which is that you counterpunch with logic, and what not, you don't, you don't need to get down on someone's level to take a punch, okay I, I yeah i I come from the Breitbart Limbaugh School of conservatism so which is obviously different than what uh Ellen comes from yeah ah <laughs> uh, counter punching, donkey punching, giving dirty Sanchezs. I don't even want to know what that last thing involves, Jacob. Eggs.
3: Uh, they were never off Craigslist. And uh, I mean, it's just that—that's a level of depravity and desperation and and weird.
0: Two eggs. So so so. Oh, and you're you're saying that having sex with one-legged people is offensive. You're saying that, that, that that's bad. So you know. I guess vets who have who got their legs blown off and now only they have one leg or in, or in uh, you know or in that case, or in some cases, you know, they got both their their legs blown off. You're saying that you know having sex with legless people is, uh, you know, depraved. But uh Yeah. Well I mean bug me, his 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 sketches with Crowder are pretty funny. But uh you know we we sh- we'll invite you to the danger we'll invite you to the danger zone uh thing. And uh we'll we'll share we'll share our stories off air more. But uh anyway. Continuing on better than one you could have sex with one legged person
3: you can be fall in love with a one-legged person I'm not mocking the one leg guys It's that you didn't know she only had one leg That means you didn't not only do you not have a conversation You don't even do a quick analysis of someone's body before putting your cock in it Not anymore BB I'm done with him you don't have to be done with Theo why to you hear the craziest fucking thing? And for any of you motherfuckers that are out there they are like, oh, Big Bear is so emotional. He really keeps a grudge. I still like Theo Vaughn. And that's not battered wife syndrome. I find him funny. I know exactly why he did that. I know exactly the weakness that made him do that. I, I know he doesn't believe it. Uh, I think he's a pussy. But he's funny. I'm glad he exists. I think underneath it all, he's a good guy. Um, I, I've had great times with him. I enjoy being around him. I feel the same way about Burt Kreischer. This isn't even that personal. It's like, I like some of these dudes. I like Joe Rogan. I just think they're fucking pussies. They've just become pussies. Um, I wanted to talk to you about social media, okay? Because I I love you. (laughs) I I love you too. I think you're a very good guy. I really do. But you are the worst.
0: This Rogan podcast, by the way, was the first time I had heard about uh... Owen Benjamin, by the way. This was the podcast I heard about Owen Benjamin on. And also, and if you don't have, if, if you have no grudge with these guys, then why are you making? Why are you making like a ten-minute video on these people? Just saying.
3: Just representative of yourself on social media. They don't realize. Okay, he's sitting down with a, a girl, Whitney Cummings, who can't name a single person. Who veers right in
0: comedy? That being said, when when it was, she did name Nick. She did name Nick to and I mean, I I could name a few others. Dennis Miller, obviously, my uh, favorite. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Loftus, my friend Mike Loftus, who's a comic. Uh people have said I'm kind of a comic. I don't know about that. I just do funny live streams sometimes. Uh, I try and keep things light. Uh, Let's see. But yeah, I mean, why make a... I I guess just here's my point. If you're still friends with these people, then why are you, uh, you know, making a whole big response I just thought I would play this response because some of the people in the in the danger zone were uh, you know asking me about about it so anyway hey Rummy thanks for uh, tuning in long time no see how you doing and, and uh okay well I'm not I'm not gonna play the entirety of this clip uh, but yeah, you you get the point. I just don't get why Owen is bashing on these people who are supposedly his friends. Well, I mean, I I do. But I mean, why why would you bash on your friends like that? Just doesn't make sense. Anywho. Well I think uh, that'll do it for tonight's show It's uh, about 10.30 So I want to thank you uh, All for joining me tonight As always you can uh, Support me on Patreon By going to patreon.com Forward slash uh, Whitfield Or by uh, signing up uh, For the podcast Via Anchor and supporting Us there at anchor.com Forward slash Whitfield report Um and as always, you can, uh, follow me on social media at any of these, uh, outlets. Again, Twitter, face, and Twitter and Instagram at somebody or underscore dot Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield report. You can, uh, read my blog at com, And, uh, yeah. Alrighty, folks, uh, from all of us here at NGC1, have a good night, God bless, and God save this great nation. I'll be back next week for another edition of the Whitfield Report. Take care and God bless.